Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. I am Joseph M. Smith, the host of Tech Niche Tips podcast, where we help people break into tech, not just to get in there, but to also scale from there. Every week, I'll be having new episodes where I either talk from my own personal experiences or I share with my friends and people that I met along the way that have great tips and tricks, not only, again, to help you land a job in tech, but to help you scale from there. Join me on the Tech Niche Tips podcast. Until next time, I hope to see you on the other side. Stay tuned for more. Welcome to episode three of the Homework Show with Joy and Charlene. Today's episode, we're going to talk about that topic, COVID-19 spread or the COVID-19 um, weight gain. So we're going to have some fun with this today, Joy. Um, talk, mm-hmm. We're going to talk about why are people stress eating? Why oh. are people gaining the COVID-19 pounds or the COVID-15 pounds or the COVID whatever your number is. So let's jump right into talking about stress eating or eating and drinking habits during this pandemic. Oh, right. Yes. I have not heard anybody who has not had some kind of a coping behavior that they've picked up or, or, uh, amplify during this COVID season, right? So for some people I'm hearing, they amped up their sweets. For some people, they amped up their carbs. For some people, they drink a bottle of wine at night. For some people, it's hard liquor. For some people, they have um, picked up recreational drugs. It's the gamut is I mean, I just can't believe how many people are struggling with what to do when you're bottled up and you are out of sync with your routine and you're out of sync with the news, what's going to come at any moment and out of sync with what news you're going to get from your own internal family, from your own friend circle, from your own work circle, you know, it's like the influx of news and updates is coming. And so what do you do when you get a new input? Most people reach for a new input, <laughs> a new a mouthput. <laughs> mouthput. <laughs> I love that phrase you used, Charlene. What was that phrase you said? Some of us, there's no voices in our, where we live except the fridge. That's right. That's right. Come on, you know, you want to come in, come on inside. I got something for you. Come on. You know, all of this stress and all the uncertainty, you know, we hear in the news, we hear the political environment, we hear about, you know, the job and the job scene, American airlines, or all the airlines are thinking about all these furloughs are turning into layoffs. It is just all this uncertainty that's causing so much stress. And the only thing that is is saving people in their homes is finding something to eat that's comforting. Right. And, you know, I think there's a chemical component here. It's not just behavioral. Yes, it's behavioral. Yes, it's psychological. But I think there's a chemical component here going on because the two main chemicals that regulate 
how satisfied we are and how much desire or craving we have, serotonin and dopamine are made in our gut, right? So yes, those are made in our gut and then they get sent to our brain to tell us whether we want more or we've gotten enough. And so the minute that we are dysregulated with our uh, one of those chemicals, when we put something into our mouth, it can then um, trigger that balance again. And so, for example, if we eat more sugar, that can be an addictive habit chemically, not just psychologically. And if we put more alcohol into our system, that can create a loop where our chemical balance of serotonin and dopamine just sort of just gets kicked on, kicked off. We don't really know when to stop. And I also find what's interesting is that the muscles around the mouth are very um, tied to our emotions. So there are nerve endings around the muscles around our mouth that feed directly to the emotional center of our brain. And so how interesting that when we are stressed out, we want to put something in our mouth. And what happens when you're chewing is your lips and your mouth, the muscles and the nerves around your mouth are literally getting a workout. And so they're also sending signals to our brain. So, you know, when babies suckle, when they're actually nursing, when they're eating, when they're babies, they're creating these pathways to their emotional satiation. And we do that the same <laughs> when we're adults, when we're giant infants. <laughs> we want to suckle on something. We want to we want to nurse a cup of coffee. We want to nurse something. We want to smoking is a way of nursing. You know what I mean? Or chewing on chips is a way of activating. <laughs> it's really just we're just giant toddlers, giant babies, just trying to satiate ourselves. I got that visual of us being giant toddlers. And think about it, too, in terms of the workplace, right? When you would be in the office, there was designated times where you would go eat. You would eat breakfast. You would eat a snack. You would go to the cafeteria for lunch. You would grab somebody and go uh, for an afternoon snack, right? Because we were we were group eaters, right? I saw an article that said, are your coworkers making you fat? And it was very interesting. And that it talked about the group eating aspect. No one liked to eat alone, eating groups. And notice the behavior when people are eating in groups. If you go to an office celebration and there's cake, oh, I'll only take a small slice. Oh, slice that in half. But now that we're all at home, I wonder if we're eating that. Oh, add a slice. Half of a piece of cake. <laughs> but there was some regulation, right? There was some, some uh, regu- I wouldn't call it self-regulation. There was group regulation on how much we ate. But now You're that right. we're at home, mm-hmm. right? Now that we're in our homes and, you know, when is lunchtime? When is snack time? When is coffee? When's the coffee break? Right. And are we cooking all that ourselves or is all that prepared or are we using Uber Eats or some other DoorDash system to get food to us? You know what I mean? If somebody wasn't already adept at making food or didn't have a coffee machine before or, you know, didn't have um, 
the kind of utensils that they even know how to prepare their own um, actual fresh cooked dinner every night, then they were put in a lurch. Yes. And that's why the, the birth of HelloFresh and all these other food delivery services companies came about because they saw it as an opportunity for people who were not used to cooking to easily prepare some healthy meals. And I think another aspect of this too is, you know, financial as well. The financial strain that groceries are putting on people. Right. And the cost of food has gone up and the yeah. types of food people are now able to afford, which they probably couldn't afford, what they could afford it before, but they can't afford it now. So, and I do know about the sugar because, you know, I, I take a class at my church, a nutrition class at my church, and there was a presentation um, by the gentleman named James Tate that talked about the addictive properties of sugar is stronger than cocaine. Mm-hmm. And so, so then take that and think about, you know, you're ingesting as well as it affects your immune system, which is going to create more anxiety because you don't want to catch the virus. Right. And so you right. like, I, I want to stop eating sugar, but I can't. I know I shouldn't eat sugar, but I can't stop. Right. It's almost like this, like you, you call this loop. Right. Yeah. Sugar especially creates rumination because sugar is like fuel for our cells. And so if you put a bunch of fuel into a cell, it wants to run around. <laughs> it wants to expend that energy. It's You just gave it energy. So then the body's like, oh, now I have energy. What do I do with it? So bottled up energy can turn into bottled up thoughts and rumination and anxiety. And then you can't sleep because your mind is overactive. And then we, we don't want to talk about caffeine because caffeine probably has that same effect on us. It can. Yeah. And caffeine is really interesting because I find that everybody has an internal caffeine tolerance and an internal caffeine clock. Um, Some people also have the way their genes work. They don't process coffee right away. They process it in a delay. So some people think they're fine and they have a cup of coffee at 8 a.m. and they're like, yeah, I'm not really affected by coffee. But somehow at 8 p.m., you're a nervous wreck. That's actually some bodies can produce a delayed effect from caffeine, where some people feel the effects right away at 8 a.m. They're like, okay, great. Now I'm awake. And, and what is it? Coffee is one of the ones that has increased in sales, coffee sales for people to make coffee at home right now, right? And so people are drinking more coffee than ever, which is just creating more jitteriness and more dehydration. <laughs> as well as, you know, I, I, if you think about coffee, coffee is one of those things is it's soothing too, because it's hot, it's a liquid, you can feel it going down there's some, there's some, there's some soothingness that's happening while you're drinking it. And then you get the boost of energy from it. But of course we have it with a lot of sugar, which is going to make us want more sugar throughout the day. Right. And it ties in with people's routines or changed routines or fluid routines now, because if people are waking up at a little bit different times than they used to, 
going to bed later, they might feel like they need more caffeine to make it through, or they need a high to make it through uh, feelings of loneliness and boredom, like we talked about in the last episode. Right. And then they feel like they have to take it down. So it's like they've got to come up during the day and be on a little bit for all these Zoom performances, <laughs> and then come down at the end of the day. So then they need a downer. They need alcohol or more comfort food, like a ton of mac and cheese, you know what I mean? Something like real gooey and comforting at that time to sort of bring you down. And then it just zaps your energy on the other end. Which in turn affects your sleep and whether or not you really get some good sleep. Right. So that you can be back on in the morning. Right. And I find that alcohol is one of the biggest factors, alcohol and caffeine are one of the biggest factors that mess with your sleep right next to sugar. And those are the things that people have the hardest times cutting out, you know, alcohol, caffeine, sugar, what would we do without those? So I tried a 21 day elimination of sugar. Yeah, I would say the first two weeks were the hardest. But the third week I did it the fourth week I was like, okay, I don't need it. But the minute I, I just said, okay, let me just eat it just a little bit of sugar. It, that craving for it came right back. Really? So at least for me, I think it's going to be all or none. Either I'm going to do it or not do it. Because if I keep putting my hand on the fire by eating a little bit, it'll just grab me back in and say, come on, you know, you, you like sugar. You know, we're and friends. What, what do you think was the underlying desire? Was it comfort? Was it excitement? Was it love? Did you really want some joy in that moment? It was what we talked about in our last episode, boredom. Wow. So for me, when I'm bored, that's when I, I want a snack. And I want a mm -hmm. snack something either salty or sweet. In the office, you know, everyone had candy dishes. And it was interesting that people who didn't get tempted by the candy had the best candy. So you would go in their <laughs> office and get the candy, right? Um, or, you know, you were bored and you decided, you know what, I'm going to sort of take a walk. You're going to go down to the convenience store and buy candy, right? So the office place had those amenities. It'll be interesting after, you know, COVID, will office settings have food service, where they have snacks, where they have refrigerators and, and what that would even do to people at work now mm -hmm. don't have the outlet. But to your point, it was boredom really that is why I, I grabbed it. Interesting. And were you really bored? You know what I mean? Boredom is so interesting to me because we have so many things to do or is it that we don't know what to do with our time next? Or is it sort of sadness that we have this pause? You know, boredom is so interesting, you know what I mean? That we automatically range. want to fill it. Yeah, it's a range, right? Um, boredom, I think, in, in terms of what I was feeling was restless. I think, it, I think it's restlessness. Interesting. Right? And so you have so many things that you're doing all day long, but if you're not, if you don't have satisfaction or joy, right, or purpose or meaning behind it, it may lead to some of these unhealthy eating habits that we're talking about and drinking habits. 
Right. And also fear, fear, uncertainty. A lot of people didn't know what was going to happen the next day, or they had already lost their job or had to deal with somebody who was sick in the family or they got sick themselves. And so there's, there was sort of a little bit of um, coping and also like, it's Armageddon. I might only live one more day. So why not just, why not just reach for the fill in the blank, you know? And we have, we have the privacy too of being in our homes and no one's going to judge us based on what we're eating. So for individuals who have eating disorders, I'm sure that being in isolation is not really helping their eating disorder, right? right? And so one of the things that, Joy, if you talk about, you, I think you started hitting on it when you said, asking yourself, why am I eating this? Is it a physical need, emotional need? What am I, why am I eating? If Particularly if you're not eating for nourishment. Right. What are you hungry for? What are you thirsty for? I know for me, if I reach for a chocolate, it's really to add some fun or some joy because it's something to break up the day. First of all, it's a change of pace, but what it is, is a, it's a little bit of like a fire. It sparks some kind of interesting spark the minute it lands on your tongue you know what I mean and that's pretty much where it ends <laughs> and once it's in your belly it's like oh I shouldn't have eaten that you know and so that's the part that is if you can hone into that moment I feel like the point where you're wanting something before you reach it and just think about what am I actually hungry for what am I actually thirsty for oh okay so it's interest it's it's something fun it's something joyful how can I do that without reaching for something can I add lemon to my water can I dance around that's it that's the miracle is if you can do it before you reach reach for it if you could process those thoughts. That's the hard part. I, I'm reaching for it, it's in my mouth, I'm chewing it. And you're, you're right, when it's going, going down to my gut is where the guilt comes in. You really didn't want that. You really shouldn't have ate that. I've, I've heard that if you use the, like when you're having these thoughts go through your mind, that if you say, stop, it gives you a moment to process before you act. Mm. And I tried this actually, and it worked. I think I need to make this a habit, maybe do it for 21 days, is that if I'm going for something that I know I'm not hungry for, but there's another reason why I'm reaching for it, right? Okay, I, I'm, a, I'm avoiding a task. I don't, you know, I don't feel like I, I can get this done or, you know, I'm angry right now and I just want to eat, right? If I could just say, stop, give myself the opportunity to process what's happening, what wow. I'm experiencing in that moment. Mm -hmm. I often don't continue to eat what I was thinking about eating. Like if wow. I put a bag of chips, I'm like, okay, stop. Wow. Is it chips you want or is there something else going on? 
right now with you. Wow. And even just catching yourself right there, you you just called yourself out. So even if you do eat the whole bag, it's like at least you know, you know, it's not the subconscious um, playing in the background, kind of a hidden secret, even hiding from yourself behind closed doors kind of eating. It's more like, okay, I know what I'm doing. And if you know what you're doing, enjoy it fully, you know? Right, without the guilt. Right, it's like there's going to be um, no guarantee that tomorrow will ever come. We really don't know. So there is a certain element of is what you have access to um, able to bring you nourishment? Is what you have access to able to bring you joy? Can you be satisfied by it? Can you be at peace with it? Can you have joy with it? You know what I mean? It's like in the moment being present. Or can you just use food for fuel without any type of emotional attachment and how to break those emotional attachments to food? And I think that's why the weight loss industry is such a billion dollar, multi-billion dollar industry is because we have so many attachments to food beyond just needing it for fuel beyond needing it just for the satisfaction of the taste, that if we can break those attachments that we've added to food, that we will enjoy it and we will be happy. We would eat a piece of chocolate or dessert and it's like, and really taste it fully and go, wow, that was delicious. Wow, that that pastry chef is excellent at their craft. Right. Or that, that chef really knows how to bring out flavors and mix flavors and really enjoy it as it's going down so it doesn't feel so guilty afterwards. And then vice versa, if you also put something on your mouth and let it sit for a sec and actually really taste it, sometimes the thing is gross but we inhale so much of our food. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like if you actually put a chip of a certain type on your tongue and you just let it sit there, it's like, ooh, is this cardboard? Is this just salty plastic? What is this? You know, some things taste delicious and some things, if you don't inhale it, if you actually let it sit on your tongue and let saliva come into your mouth, you may notice it's actually gross, but but then you're left with, oh, what am I actually hungry for? Is it something uh, with protein, something with a fat? Is it something clear and crispy, crunchy, like celery or something? Or am I actually thirsty, you know? It's interesting you said that because I did that. I, I thought I wanted this certain cupcake and I let, let it sit on my tongue and I, literally, I did not taste anything good. It felt like I was it just feel like just was just chemicals sitting on my tongue. And I, I said to my husband, I said, this is awful. It looks like a cupcake, but it tastes like something different. And right. I didn't even eat it. It was like, you know what? It's not even worth it. I said, I really need to have some protein. Right. Isn't that amazing? It How- was. It really was because I, to your point about the inhaling, right? And how many times are we supposed to chew our food before we swallow it anyway? I know, 30 chews. It's so hard. 30 chews. Okay. <laughs> Even if you just try to do half of that, yeah. you will start feeling, you know, the effects of, of 
I know if for, for me, when I'm counting, because I've, I've started trying to count, particularly like meat, I try to chew it as, as, you know, as long as I can uh, to break mm -hmm. it down. But if we just do the 30 chews, that would help at least send the signals to our, our brains. One, do we really need to eat any more? Because after chewing so much, you may not even want the rest. Right, exactly. Yeah. And <laughs> one thing that I've also done that helps me is, you know, the first step in your digestive system is the production of saliva. That's the most important factor in being able to digest your food. And that's mm -hmm. the starting point. So that saliva process as I'm talking about saliva, saliva is like building up and we're talking about food and now I'm like, oh, I'm really hungry now. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> um, saliva is going to fill your mouth when your body's ready to start breaking something down and digesting something. Okay. And it doesn't always turn on. So you can hold a bag of fast food, something in front of you and just look at it and give it a few seconds and see if saliva starts coming into your mouth. See if you, if your tongue starts getting wet and you'll notice that some things your mouth is like, nope, no response. And sometimes it's a combination of your olfactory senses, what you're smelling and what you're seeing, but your body knows there's these senses that we have that are amazing if we only listen to them. So you can open your fridge and pick something out and hold it and see if you start salivating. It, pick out an orange, pick out a slice of bread and see how your body responds to it and then give it a few seconds, then eat whatever your saliva responds to. That's amazing. I never knew that. Because even if it's not like the most healthy thing in the world, your body's preparing to digest it, which is going to, it's going to help the whole process anyways. Okay. So you gave, okay. So that, that's a good tip. So tip number one, wait for the saliva to form. Yeah, it's great. It, you know, when we used to eat in restaurants, that was a good tip to read the menu and see what your saliva responds to on the menu. You can even do it if you're looking for, you know, delivering something to home, I guess. That is funny because I always go by what, how it's worded on a menu, right? And then when I get it, my saliva doesn't start because it's like, that's not really what I want. Everybody <laughs> else's food. Anybody that goes out to eat with me, they know. Charlotte's not going to enjoy her food. She's going to look at everybody else's <laughs> saliva all over there. So... Maybe I'll try that. Sherlyn ordered poetry. <laughs> okay. Tip number two, chew. Chew, right. chew your food. Right. Right. You said at least 32 times. Oh, yeah. It's so hard. I have such a hard time chewing. It, talk about being how long it takes to finish a meal. Oh. <laughs> so for slow eaters, you chew, chew as well. And another thing is set up a place to eat, you know, to chew that food, because one habit that uh, is not conducive for chewing slowly or mindfully eating your food is eating in front of the TV, in front of the news, eating a TV dinner style, you know, on the couch kind of a thing. And so if you can set a table, it doesn't, 
have to be even if you don't have a dining table it's fine to eat on couch but if you just set up an area where you can have a table setting have an actual plate an actual fork not a plastic fork you know the tv is off and you can even light a candle and you can just call it this is meal time and and setting a table like that for yourself gives you the space to mark your day really and give yourself the time to let the saliva come in, chew your food, be present. And so for many people who are working at home, they're using their kitchen counters, you know, as workspace, just the mere fact of moving all of that off of the counter for the time that you're going to set up a plate and eat, it really does kind of shift you into, okay, it's time to clock off. It's it's dinner time. It's time to eat with the family and be present with the family as opposed to just, you know, working and eating at the same time. We all do that from time to time, but I think we should honor, you know, giving ourselves permission to eat and not have to work at the same time. Love that. Yes. I just heard a story today of a company who was trying to make working at your desk illegal <laughs> to force people to not work through their lunch hour to promote mm -hmm. colleagues actually connecting to each other and increasing people's satisfaction by forcing them to stop what they're doing, take a break, go eat, and then come back. Yes. And then for those who are going to be returning back to the office and where there may not be places for food, right? There may not be cafeterias. Right. The old dreaded vending machine may still be there. Right. And so look at the machine and say, why do I want something out of there before you grab it? Right. And just know what you're reaching for. So just know if you, that's the first step I think is, is not that you have to fight yourself about it, but just know oh, this is about boredom, or this is about not feeling loved, or this is about fear, this is about my anxiety about work. So hmm, this chocolate bar feels like comfort. This chocolate bar feels like excitement. This this chip bag is what, you know what I mean? And, and if, eat it as such. Eat it with the joy and eat it with the set getting the satisfaction and yeah. knowing that it's that one episode, right? It's not going to lead to binging, hopefully. Right. Because you've right. enjoyed it. And with the vending machines, if I do have to try to make a solid choice, <laughs> I go for something with the protein, as much protein in it as possible. Like I don't have a nut allergy, so I'll go with something with a lot of nuts in it. Pe peanuts, like a payday or something like that, that's got as much protein in it as possible because that's going to satiate me. So then I'll need, I won't need to go back to the vending machine six times. <laughs> <laughs> True. And they also have these labels now of the things that are the most healthiest in the vending machine if you have to. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. Things are things are changing. I think the best would be to bring your lunch if you can right. um, and to prepare it yourself. And if not, when you go out, eat something as healthy as you can. So we talked about the COVID-19, the COVID-15 weight gain. And we provided strategies um, to help you if you're feeling like you're eating while you're stressed or you're feeling um, 
that you're eating is due to something else versus just fueling your body. And so we hope that these tips that we have shared with you on this episode will help you shed the COVID-19 or the COVID-15 weight gain. And then two, get out there and get some fresh air. Get out there and breathe. Um, Take in and exhale. Be mindful with your eating. Be mindful while you're 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 eating, and 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 also to take care of your body. So, we want to conclude this episode by letting you know that you can subscribe to the Homework Podcast on Spotify and Spreaker, and you can reach Joy at hello at joy-andrews.com, and you can reach Charlene at pushplay coaching at gmail.com. Thank you. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. When so much of life is about the big moments, it's the details in the all new 2022 Grand Wagoneer that makes the small moments truly special. Take joy in American premium design with available walnut trims and technology like the available 23-speaker Macintosh reference entertainment system. And with seating for up to eight, no detail is overlooked because it's the details that make every journey grand. The Grand Wagoneer. Grand Adventures return. Wagoneer is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC.